Stand up and dance to that music. Huh? <laughs> oh, goodness. It's wonderful. A great time already before God. And we're so grateful. If you are visiting, uh, we really uh, appreciate your, your coming to be with us and to worship. And I'm so grateful to God for many of the new people that God's bringing into our church. We are having more and more workers for the kingdom. Amen? And I'm rejoicing because of that. And he is bringing quality people, and I'm very grateful to God for that. Last uh, Sunday was so exciting. I felt like getting baptized again. (laughs) It was such an exciting time. And uh, we had six people to give their lives or rededicate. Actually, four people gave their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ and got saved last Sunday. And two others gave, uh, they recommitted their lives to the Lord. Can we put our hands together and give God a clap offering? That's wonderful. In fact, one of the individuals that got saved said, I want to get baptized. I want to get baptized too. <laughs> wonderful. Um, I want to introduce uh, some of our Sunday school teachers, uh, the teachers that are teaching for this month, the beginning of every month, I will let the Sunday school teachers come up. And for this month, uh, Pastor Al and Pastor Ken, would you all come up, please? Uh, these two guys are preachers, and I will not let them have the microphone, especially Pastor Al. Because I know if I give him the mic, he's going to get back at me, and I don't want that. <laughs> but he knows I love him. And uh, he and his wife are just very precious people, and their kids are growing right before my eyes. And I'm getting to love them more and more. Uh, but Pastor Wild, that's another thing. <laughs> Both of them are teachers. We have real good teachers in our church. Every I'm in the Sunday school class myself, listening to them, and I'm getting some very good stuff. Our Sunday school class this morning was taught by uh, Pastor Al. My wife stays in the other class, and uh, Pastor Al is teaching on how to make your dreams and visions a reality. That's what he's teaching. And uh, Pastor Ken, he's teaching on the principles of effective communication, how to have a healthier family life, relationships. So these are teachers, and every Sunday they will be teaching. Please come early. We start about um, 9.30, and we go through about uh, 10, 
20 and we, we're through with it. So I would really encourage you to attend. People don't understand this. The more of God's words you hear, the more your life gets transformed. Amen? Uh, you can go down now. <laughs> hey, before I have unusual things happening here, these two guys, they scare me. <laughs> Especially Pastor Ken. <laughs> Amen. Today I want to bring up uh, a young man who's been a part of this uh, uh, fellowship for a long time and God's beginning to lead him towards other directions and I'm we're glad. Um, Josie, you going to come up here? When you come, I want you to do this because you're too tall. I got to... <laughs> I'm scared of him. Elijah, boy, that guy was so little when he got here. And he went, uh, I guess, to Venezuela or something. Yeah. I don't know what they fed that fellow over there. And when he got back, I have to be doing this. That's not right. <laughs> He's going on a mission trip. And, uh, amen. Uh, I think you're going to Hungary, yes. Budapest. Yes. And, uh, they, Soviet, yes. and you're going to be going out... In, to the streets yeah, and ministering. You want to take me along with you, Carl? Crusades. I like the sound of that. He's going to be doing that, and uh, he's raising money. At his, all his, he has left to raise is $300. I think one person can do that here. Amen. Please, let's support him. Put something in the offering at the end of the service and say, I'm sending that fellow to go and do work for Jesus Christ. And we're grateful. Love you, brother. And uh, do a good work. I'm going to question you when you get back. Amen. It's so good to see every one of you this morning. Stand up with me. I'd like us to say some words. And that is very important to me that you say these words because we are spiritual beings. And God wants to speak to us. And uh, Psalm 50, excuse me, Isaiah, she knows me. I go between the scriptures. Isaiah 50, verse 4 and 5. And I want you to say it with me and really mean it from your heart. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned. That I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious nor did I turn away. Amen. There is something supernatural taking place right now. Yes, you were born with your ears, but God needs to open that ear. And your ear needs to be awakened, otherwise you won't hear what God's saying. Jesus said they have ears, but they can't hear. They can't understand. So we say this and mean it, and as you continue to say this, God will begin to minister to your spirit. So you, all you hear, all, what you hear is not just words. Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. And when you receive that life of the word, your life is transformed. Please be seated. Amen. This morning, I'm going to be going into a message. I titled this, The Righteousness of God. 
which is the key principle of Christian living. The righteousness of God, which is the key principle of Christian living. Father God, I ask that you give utterance by your word. I believe that you have given me, according to your word, the tongue of the land. And I know I know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. Holy Spirit, speak tonight, today, in Jesus' name. Amen. No one will get to heaven on the basis of their own goodness or good works. No one will get to heaven because of the good things that you've done. Let me put it the other way. No one will go to hell because you've done bad things. No one goes to hell because you have sinned. If you go to hell, it's because you refuse to accept the remedy. Jesus Christ. Even if you've killed a thousand people wickedly, if you accept the remedy, the Son of God, nobody can send you to hell. You'll go to heaven. Some of the people you kill might go to hell. Seems unfair. But they didn't accept the remedy. And you did. And that's got great favor from God. Righteousness is the greatest gift that you can ever receive in life. The righteousness of God. There is no greater gift. God puts you in this world and he expects you to take things to yourself. Get things to yourself. Receive things to yourself. But Jesus says to us, the number one thing that you must have, the very first thing that you must take to yourself, the very first thing that you must receive, is the righteousness of God. Because without it, without it, you live your life in vain. You wind up in hell. And you live forever with Satan. Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. There's a principle there. Seek ye first, number one. If there's anything in life. Now notice, he's not telling you just seek it once, and I got it now. I can do whatever I want. No. It's a continual thing. If you continue to seek the kingdom of God, you will then receive the principle for living. And then all these things will be added to you. Seeking is very important. Jesus tells us in in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, he says, Ask and you will receive. Seek, you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And then he added, for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone means you. If you seek, you will find. But then he told us what to seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. 
all of these things are going to be added. The kingdom of God first. Because if you don't seek the kingdom first, you won't know how these things are added. And how they are going to be added. So the kingdom of God is the number one thing to seek. Let me let you know this is so important. Don't put the cart before the horse. Which is a lot, what a lot of people want to do. The kingdom first. The kingdom first. The reason for that is righteousness is the greatest gift is the gift that you must receive. Because if you don't receive the gift of righteousness, righteousness comes to us as a gift. When a gift is given, the gift is paid for. Right? You don't receive any gift that's not been paid for. Somebody paid for it. Jesus paid for this gift called the righteousness of God. If you don't receive this gift to yourself, believe me, you will live forever in hell. Burning forever. Jesus said the fires will never quench. Everybody is going to live forever. Whether you are a Christian or you don't even know Jesus. Once you have been born into this life, you'll never die. You will continue to live. You'll die from this world, but then you go to the real world. Everybody is an eternal soul. Many times I try to explain this to people. Have you ever been in a dream and you are running, somebody's chasing you in your dream? No one has ever had that? If you say you haven't, uh, you guys are not telling me the truth. I know I've been running, I run in my dream. You're sleeping, right? But when you wake up and if you've been running in your dream... Have you noticed you sweat? Well, you've not been running physically. Because the real you is the spirit. And your spirit affects your flesh. Whether you like it or not. That's why you must know there is life after this life. You are in an eternal soul. And if you don't have the righteousness of God, you are not going to live with God forever. And let me tell you, I used to think, well, I'm going to wait until when I'm a little older. And I've been out doing everything that I want to do and I'm going to get saved. Young people die too. Oh yes. This is the right time. When you feel that tugging in your heart, that's the right time to give your life to Christ. Don't hesitate. You must also realize that there is a devil. He doesn't want you to live with God in heaven. He wants you to live with him in hell. And he's doing everything possible to have you live with him in hell. He doesn't want to be alone. So we need to go back to God and receive God's righteousness. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 through 33, it says, Therefore do not worry. Can you say that with me? Do not worry. I'm only worrying today. <laughs> a lot of, we worry about a lot of stuff. We worry about a lot of stuff. 
We are so concerned about stuff. He says, do not worry. Say, what shall we eat? Is he saying not to care about what to eat? No. But don't worry about what to eat or what to drink or what we shall wear. For after all these things, those who don't know God, they go after those things. They don't have an idea that they are eternal beings. So all they know is to run after things. And they neglect the most important thing, which is the righteousness of God. But then Jesus said, but you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, God's righteousness. Seek that. Take that to yourself. Own that to yourself. And then he says, and all these things shall be added to you. Man was born to seek after righteousness. Because in seeking righteousness, you will discover the principles for living. Have you ever wondered, you know, people say, well, seek first the kingdom of God. And I've seen people, they sought the kingdom of God, and they are in church, and they are wondering, I thought God said, all these things will be added. I don't feel anything added. I mean, have seen that. This is a real question in our minds. Why are all these things not added? Why am I living in fear? Why am I living in uncertainty? Why are things happening to my family? All of these questions. And you're seeking God, but you still have all of these issues. Very fearful. Fearful of the future. Whereas Jesus said, we are more than conquerors. You don't, I don't, when even your uh, co-workers don't see you living like a conqueror. You complain just like they complain. You are down like they're down. You're sad and depressed just like, and then you tell them, come to church. And they say, well, if that's the way God treats you, I don't think I want that. I'm already miserable enough. I don't want to add your misery to mine. I'm not going. And the reason is because we have not discovered the principles of living. If you go after righteousness, you will discover the principle of living. People who don't know God, they go seeking other things or trying to establish their own righteousness. Romans chapter 10 Verse one, 1 through 3 speaks about some Jewish, the Jewish people at the time of Paul. And Paul was speaking about them. He says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel, that's the people of Israel, the, the nation of God, is that they may be saved. I want them to be saved. Not just saved from sin, saved from everything. Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Saved from all of these troubles that plague human beings. Especially fear. Fear of the future. Fear of what's going to happen to me and my family. Fear of what's, what, what we're going to eat. What next is going to come to us. What if I lose this? But what you get from God is that confidence in Him that He will take care of everything. He said, for I bear them witness 
that they have a zeal for God. They have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Just having a zeal for God doesn't mean you got knowledge. You have to have a zeal for God plus knowledge for this thing to work for you. It says, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness. So there is something that is called God's righteousness and you don't want to be ignorant of it. And many people are ignorant of God's righteousness. And it says they are going about to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted to themselves to the righteousness of God. I need everyone this morning, before you leave this place, submit to God's righteousness. Paul said, I know they have a zeal for God. You're going to church, you want to do what's right, and you're struggling to try to please God, trying to establish your own righteousness, thinking, if I do it this way, then God's going to be pleased with me. You got it wrong. You got it wrong. The reason you're doing that is because you have not come to understand God's righteousness. There is a thing that's called God's righteousness. And Jesus said you can seek God's righteousness. And if you seek God's righteousness, you'll find it. Because everyone who seeks will find. Maybe you have been seeking your own and have not given yourself to seeking God's own righteousness. When you truly... Say, I don't have what it takes, but I'm going to go after God's righteousness. You'll find it. But not only that, you will discover principles that will help you to begin to bring these other things into your life. And you leave the rest to God. He'll do it. Because once you discover the principles of how to obtain God's righteousness, that's the number one thing in life. If you can get the principle on how to really have that and be settled... Every other thing else is little, small. You can bring them to you. Using the same principle. Amen? Using the same principle. And you don't have to be afraid of anything. Because you know who God is. And you know He's going to take care of you. And you don't allow people to make you to be afraid. That could happen. You got to trust God. Amen? So, we have to discover this. He said, they didn't understand it. They didn't know God's principle. You know what the righteousness of God is called? Another name for it? It's called the righteousness of faith. Amen. It's called, the God's righteousness is called the righteousness of faith. So, what's God saying? The only way for you to obtain righteousness is by faith. Amen. That's the only way you don't have to work for it. But if you get it, you change your life. He will make you righteous like God. Amen. Notice I didn't say holy like God, right? He will make you righteous like God. Once you find it. Amen. It's called the righteousness of faith. And when you obtain the righteousness of faith, you discover the principle for living. We've been talking about it in church all along. People hear it bits and bits and pieces here and there, but they have not come to understand the full principle that this is the way it works. Everything, your healing, works in the same, under the same principle. Because if you walk this principle, you will be saved. But he doesn't tell you saved from sin. He said you will be saved. Saved from having children that are crazy. Oh, excuse me. 
<laughs> Nobody likes that. Want. Every, everything that's evil, you're saved from them. No fear. You're saved. And I like, I like to say, I can't be in the plane and the plane's going to crash. I'm saved from that trouble. Amen. If the plane wants to crash, let me come down and you can go crash somewhere else. But not with me inside of you. I'm a child of God. Amen. Nobody will accept Jesus was in the plane and the plane crashed, he died. That's silly to talk about. Jesus, what Jesus are you talking about? Is it Jesus or Jesus? You mean Jesus of Nazareth was in the plane? Say, please, you've been eating, you've been drinking something. There's something wrong with you. He is the head, and we are his body. Amen? The Bible tells us that. We are seated with him in heavenly places on the throne of God. That's what the Bible says. We were raised together with him, Ephesians tells us. And God made us to sit together with him. He wears the crown, but we are also part of the body. Have you put the crown in a man's feet? You put it on the head. God gave Jesus to be head over all things to the church. So we let him wear the crown, but we, the body, we also have the authority. If he's got to speak, he points his hand. He's not going to point his head, right? He needs my hand to say, Brother Ken, you know what you did? That's you now. <laughs> we belong to him. He bore our sicknesses, right? If the head is not sick, I can't be. Well, his head is sick, but his body is okay. That would be madness. The doctor will even think you have a twisted mind. If you're sick, you're sick. But Jesus is that head for us. And once you understand the principles of the righteousness of faith, you got a principle for living. Let's go into that. And I don't have too much time. And you know how preachers have conclusion? Several. I'm guilty of that. So bear with me. Um, Romans chapter 10 verse 6 says, But the righteousness of faith. What kind of righteousness? There is righteousness of God. But this is the same righteousness. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. How does the righteousness of faith speak? This is the key principle now. If you are going to be saved from anything. From anything. This is the principle here. God did deliver this principle to us. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down from above. You know, in those days when I was going through my difficult times, and these preachers were laying their hands on me, and I could, there was nothing really happening. I was saying in my mind, these ones don't know anything. I wish I lived during the time when Jesus was here. He just touched me and my troubles will be over. The Bible says don't say that. Can you read that? Don't say that. Because it's right there with you. It's by faith. Don't say who is going to ascend to heaven. That's silly. He's right there. 
He's right there. So if you're going to walk faith, don't ever, no matter what you're going through, don't ever say, where is God? He's right there. Who is going to pray for me and go get God up from there? He says, don't you say that when you want to do right. Righteousness means rightness, right? Rightness with God means don't say these things. Don't even think it. Amen? Don't think it. Who will descend into the, the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. Then he says, but what does it say? The word is near you. What will transform your life is a word. Get it? The word is near you. That's why it's good to be in the house of God when the word of God is being preached. That word is near you. It says, even in your mouth and in your heart. And it says, it's the word of faith that we preach. It's the word of faith that we preach. This is the principle for supernatural living. What we just read. God doesn't do anything apart from his word. And he made it clear to us from the very beginning that words matter. God said, and God said, let there be. You remember that? And God said, let there be. And then there was. And then God saw. Until you say, there will not be, and you will never see. It's a principle of faith. So what we need to do is make sure whatever this issue is, whatever that problem is, study the word. And let the word be near you. Amen? And afterwards, begin to plant that word in your heart. That will deliver you from fear. Plant it in your heart. But it's not over yet. Let it come out of your mouth without fear. You know why we don't say things? I just said to you now, you know, I cannot be in a plane and the plane crash, right? So immediately your mind tells you, how, who, who do you think you are saying something like that? What if the plane crashes and now what's going to happen to everybody? What would they think? Have you been there? So I'm afraid to say that because if it happens to me, I don't want to cause God problem, right? They will all blaspheme the name of God because of what I said. So I'm not going to ever say that. Do you understand the principle here? You know why? But if you really believe it, you got no trouble. And Jesus said, be it unto you according to your faith. Amen. I remember in a plane one time, I said this here before, I've been saying this for a while, and I was sitting by the window, and uh, all of a sudden I looked down, and I saw some kind of rubber flapping like that in the plane as the plane was flying. And my mind says, that's not supposed to be so. I mean, look. <laughs> and every time the plane shook, my mind says that was because of that flapping rubber. <laughs> but then I reminded myself, amen, I am a servant of God. 
The angels can hold that flapping rubber <laughs> till I get out of the plane. I'm not crashing. You get tested. Amen? It's a word. God's already shown us. Believe the word. Study the scriptures about what's healing you. If you sickness, study the scriptures on healing. Listen to the doctors. Take their medicine. I was telling somebody, you know how we deal with doctors? If my doctor tells me, son, uh, you got a real problem. It's really bad. But if you take this medicine three times a day, and they tell you exact time, take it at 8 o'clock in the morning, take it at 12 o'clock noon, and then take it at 6 o'clock in the evening. If you do it, you'll be okay. Guess what we do? We'll take it. <laughs> Nobody can stop you when 8 o'clock comes. You're running for that medicine. Because doctor tells you that. But God says in his word, he sent his word and healed them. So when I tell Christians, why don't you take that scripture and eat it three times a day? Saying the same thing. Well, your pastor, last night I couldn't wake up so I couldn't do it. You won't tell that to your doctor. You wake up, you set the alarm so you don't miss that time. But why don't you do the same thing with the word of God? Uh, I really don't know if that will work. Unbelief. I call them unbelieving, unbelieving believers, right? Unbelieving believers. But we can believe God's word. The word tells us that. Joshua puts it this way. Joshua 1 verse 8. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. I'll be really worried if you came to church and you had your Bible in, like this. I will ask you, brother, are you suffering? <laughs> What's your problem? And then you reply, I am putting the book of the law in my mouth. I say, brother, that's not what it means. <laughs> what God is saying, take that book and never stop your mouth from saying what the book says. The principle of faith. Keep saying it. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, don't prevent your mouth or stop your mouth from saying those things. You have somebody in your family that's not saved, state that scripture. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved in your house. And begin to say that constantly, three times a day, your medicine. And rejoice in it because you are getting better. Even if the person is looking like they will never come to Christ, you know you got your medicine. Amen? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But it says you must meditate in it, how often? Day and night. You know how we meditate? It's not like uh, Rafiki. You know Rafiki doing that stuff and with his finger crossed like that? That's not meditation. <laughs> to meditate is to mutter. To say to yourself, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you. So you put those two things together. And when you do that, things will begin to happen. For with the mouth, one believes unto, I mean with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. It's a principle. 
It's a principle that never fails. This is the principle for success. You say it with your mouth. You believe it in your heart. And as you believe it in your heart, these things will come to pass. I'm going to read this from uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 8. It says, but the, what says it? The word is near you. The word is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For means because. You will be saved because God has already established a spiritual law. And he says with this law, with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with your mouth, you confess unto salvation. You can be righteous before God and still be hurting on the earth. Because your mouth is not doing its job. So your heart and your mouth need to connect before you see the miracle. Amen? So you have to say, what I do when I go out to crusades and I have meetings, people get saved and I call them, you want to receive the Lord Jesus Christ? They say yes. After they receive the Lord, they, they come to the uh, altar and they, they pray the sinner's prayer. And after they said the sinner's prayer, and I said to them, now, tell one another, Jesus is my Lord. And they are going around telling, shaking one another's hands and saying, Jesus is now my Lord. And you can watch them as they are doing that. You can see the confidence arise in them. And they are going out, hugging each other. They know that they are saved. I tell them, come back the next day. We are going to pray for the Holy Spirit. And they are there. They are saved now. Because God cannot lie. If you believe it in your heart and you are not feeling saved, you are struggling with something, the reason is because... You're not saying it. You're not saying it. We're going to be saying that this morning. Amen? We're going to be saying that. Bow your heads with me. Every head bow. Every all eyes closed. If you're here this morning and you say, Look, God, I didn't understand this. Now I fully understand what I need to do. And I want to do something about it. You're going to do something about it? I'm going to do something about it. Some, my life's going to change today. If that's you today and you want to commit everything to God, at the count of three, I need you to raise your hand. For some, it will be a first commitment. For others, it's a rededication to, your, to God and saying, God, I'm going to recommit myself and I'm going to follow through with this. Because now I have what it takes to be saved from everything that causes me trouble. Amen? So at the count of three, let me see your hand up. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Thank you. See that hand. Thank you. See that hand. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. How wonderful. How wonderful. You all say with me this morning, Heavenly Father, thank you that Jesus came and he died on the cross for me. Today, with all of my heart, I confess that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. Jesus, I confess you today as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Lord, 
for writing my name in your book of life. Amen. Now I want you to stand up. Especially those that raise your hands, stand up, every one of us. Something is going to happen to you today. What I need you to do, walk around, shake one another's hands, and let them know, and just say this, Jesus is my Lord. It's simple, foolish things, but that's what God wants. I want you to do that right now. And I'm going to start here. Let's do it. He is my Lord, and He is my Savior. He is my Lord, my Deliverer, and my Savior. He is my Savior. Can I hear you say that? Are you still lying down? <laughs> yes, He is our Lord. It's well. It is well. It is well. It is well. Because Jesus has become your Lord. Amen. Please be seated. It's clear. You know what Jesus said? Did you know what Jesus said? Thank you. You just have to be special, right? (laughs) Jesus said this. If you confess me before men, I'll say your name before my Father in heaven. Did you say Jesus to somebody today? Will Jesus keep his word? Let me let you know this. And this this is serious. Your name has been mentioned before the Father today. That's the truth. Jesus mentioned your name today. The angels heard it. That makes you different from everybody else in the world. Because of a simple thing that you did. By telling somebody, Jesus is my Lord. Everywhere you work, let me tell you this. When you go back to work, Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my Father. If you are not ashamed to tell them who you are, even if they send you away from that job, that's because God doesn't want that anymore. It's too small for you. He has something bigger for you. You will come to realize, that, and they will know too, that there is something special about you. And they'll fear you. Sometimes your boss, he won't tell you that he's scared of you. Something about you is different. But if you are ashamed of him, you are ordinary in his presence. You are ordinary in his presence. But Jesus said, Paul said, you are not mere men. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. When you are born of God, you are a new creature. And that's what you did by just telling somebody. We're going to take our offering. Lock the door. Make sure nobody leaves. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) It's offering time. I I need to go. I have something. (laughs) Oh, lock that door. Everybody's going to be kidding. (laughs) We give to our God because we love Him. Amen. It's not an obligation. And if you're a visitor, you don't have to give unless you want to give. But I give to God because it's a privilege. What man has uh, this 
opportunity, opportunity on the earth to be in partnership with God. You understand what I'm saying? God says we are doing business together. All you have to give is this little amount. I said, God, you can have all of it. This is good partnership. Amen? That's what we do. We, we are in partnership with God. We are building a house together for God. Amen? We're doing that. Amen? I came ready. I knew uh, Josh was going to be here today. So I came ready to give him my little... Uh, Offering, so uh, I share the reward that you get for going to that place and ministering in the streets. I'm there with you because I sent you there <laughs> with my little offering. Amen. That's wonderful. That's what we do. Lift your offering up to, the, to our God this morning, and you give, but God takes it from us. Father, we thank you. What a blessing it is to be giving giving to the house of God to be given to the work of God so that the business of God on the earth will not slow down but will go forth you said no one who leaves house brother, sister will not get those things multiplied a hundredfold and then it's an eternal life we ask that you receive our offering today and bless the offering in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Now, I'm going to ask one more thing before we close. If you have a prayer need, or you made a commitment to God today, the connection card that you have, please fill that part where it says, my decision today and give, give it to one of the ushers. I'll take them from them. They're important to me. If you have a prayer need, please write it there. I usually, uh, Pastor Preston helps me to tap all of those prayer needs out. And I enjoy praying over those things. So you have a need, you're giving me an opportunity to pray for something. And I love to do that, but I also know God answers my prayers. So I pray for those things. I have to have something to pray for. And it's a privilege to be able to pray for God's people. Amen. Amen. Stand up with me this very day. Let's lift our hands up to our God today. Especially for those, if you gave your life, you said that prayer for the first time, let me let you know this. You don't have to do it another time. Nobody's born one day and then you are born again the next day by the same mother. You are born just once. So you made that decision. Jesus is already there. Just accept it and tell all your friends, I'm a child of God now. I may look the same, but something different is inside of me. Father God, your people are blessed. They are more than conquerors. All things are theirs, according to your, your word. They have all things. And God, they are joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. Your word says, this is the day the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I say to you, this is God's day for you. And your heart is filled with joy. And whatever your need is, God's meeting that need right now. In the name of Jesus, no matter how bad 
How badly you need that need met, God's working on that need right now by the power of the name of Jesus. Your needs are being met right now in Jesus' name. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has put his hands upon you for blessing. You are blessed of him, separated from the rest of the world, protected by angels all over your house, all over your life. You got nothing to be afraid of because God is with you. And if God be for you, no one can be against you. Those who come against you will fail. And I say to you today, every tongue that is risen against you in judgment, I condemn them today in Jesus' name. Every evil thing that has been spoken against your life, I cancel today in Jesus' name. By the power of the blood of Jesus, goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. God's preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemies. They will only watch you enjoy your life in the presence of our God. God bless you. You're dismissed. Amen.